0: Hello and welcome again to the Ventient Energy Climate of Change podcast. This is a day in the life series where we'll be talking to people from across the different teams and locations in Ventient, and taking you behind the scenes to find out a little bit about them and what they do, giving you some insight into what it means to be part of the team and what they get up to on a daily basis. I'm Davina Culpatier, your host today, and I'll be talking to Chris Pollock, who is our Control Centre Manager at Ventian and whose team sits in the wider Asset Performance Department. Chris joined Ventian about six years ago and has worked his way up from a Control Analyst to Control Centre Manager. Chris and his team are responsible for giving access to all our wind farms in the UK as well as providing vital data that is used throughout the company and so much more. Hi, Chris. Thanks for talking to me today about yourself and your role with Inventiant. So introduce yourself and tell us what you do here at Pentium.
1: Ah, Yeah, so I'm Chris Pollock. I'm the Control Centre Manager with Inventiant. I've been here for just coming up to six years now. I joined in July 2017, back when it was formerly Infinis, and just as we were doing the merge and becoming Ventient Energy.
0: So in Ventient terms, that's quite a long time because we're quite a new company.
1: It's, well, since day one of Ventient, yes. Yeah,
0: it's it's quite impressive. So for those of us who are not in the renewable sector, can you explain a little bit what Control Centre is and what your team does?
1: Yeah, of course. So the Control Centre, basically we manage the day-to-day operations of the wind farms. We're responsible for making sure that everything that goes on on site is carried out safely under what's called the wind turbine safety rules. Okay. So it's a set of guidelines that are kind of unique to the UK and basically outline what you can and can't do when you go onto a wind turbine. But we, as part of that, control site access, site egress, confirming who's on site, what work they're carrying out, and then when it comes to them entering a turbine, they have to then get authorization from my team. Yep. We make sure that they're carrying out the work they're supposed to be doing, and they're doing it under the correct procedure. In addition to that, obviously, with the fact that they're working on our sites, we're responsible for their safety. Obviously, everybody's responsible for everyone's safety, but we monitor a, a number of different systems. So, for example, wind speed, Weather conditions, including lightning. Uh, we have got systems in place to um, alert us if there's any lightning in the area. We can warn people, get them off site. Similar sort of thing, if people go over their time on site, then we're responsible for trying to you know, get back in contact with them and make sure everything's OK. And we've got escalation processes, emergency action plans in place that we can utilise if we need to, if somebody's gone AWOL and we can't get in contact with them.
0: Wow, so it's quite complex. How many sites are you then responsible for?
1: There's 34 wind farms in the UK. It's a total of 509 wind turbines.
0: Wow, okay. And that's up and down the UK?
1: Up and down from basically Land's End to almost John O'Groats.
0: And so how many people are in your team?
1: There's 10 of us in total. Okay. And there's myself as the manager. We've got two senior, what are called senior analysts. Yep. And then another two analysts and then controllers underneath. And everybody does a bit of everything. The main role of the job is the operational control but we have quite a few other aspects of the role we do a lot of reporting within the uk and when it comes to the generation of the sites the energy export energy import the availability as well we do a lot of the work when it comes to calculating so one of the big parts with assets like wind turbines is we have to monitor the period of time when they're actually available to run yeah there's a lot of key performance indicators that Are based around that kind of aspect of it. I mean, so we do all of the calculations, all of the categorization of the downtime, making sure that we're aware of what's going on with the turbines. And as I say, because we're managing the operational control, people are coming onto site to tell us they're carrying out servicing, statutory inspections, or to attend turbine faults. But we also actively monitor faults. And if we see one come up, we alert our service providers, make sure that they're aware of it and they are actually sending someone to, to deal with that.
0: What is your role as control center manager? Oh, um. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do, Grace? What do you do? <laughs> I've
1: managed six years without anybody asking me that,
0: <laughs> and now we're recording it. So yeah, be careful what you say.
1: <laughs> so within the control center, it's a twenty four seven operation. But what we do is we have our core team who yeah. work with Inventient and we manage the operational control. Let's say, during the busy working hours, which generally from 7 in the morning till 9 o'clock at night, and then in the evenings we outsource to another company, okay, um, yeah. and they carry out that work for us. Very quiet for them because, obviously, they don't have – you don't generally have people coming on site at 9 o'clock. Okay. So my job is to basically manage the team, ensure that they are fully trained and fully compliant within the realm of the wind turbine safety rules. Yeah. They're aware of all the policies and procedures that we have to follow and that they're aware of – Basically, how to carry out their role. And another large part of my role within that is obviously is managing the reporting side of things. Okay. Again, we have some regulatory requirements that so we have to submit information to Ofgem, and it's my responsibility to ensure that, that is done within timescales and done accurately as well, because that again forms a large part of our internal reporting, but also the company's revenue from, from within the UK. If we get that wrong, for example, we can transfer what's called renewable obligation certificates,
0: right?
1: And that's the certificate that. Uh, Energy supplier, the people who you buy your energy from at home, yep. they buy those certificates from us to say that they have bought a certain portion of energy from a renewable source. source. Yep. And what we do is every month we check the energy export from each site, make sure that it looks correct, there's no missing information, everything's you know been validated and is absolutely correct. We submit that to Ofgem. Yep. Once they're happy, we can then transfer those certificates out to the energy suppliers.
0: Wow, okay.
1: And if we get that, it's potential that you, can, you, know, you could transfer to the wrong energy supplier. Yeah. So we have to be very careful and very right. methodical in making sure that yeah. we're doing it correctly. And that's one of the biggest parts of our role is the fact that it's the level of detail and accuracy that you have to be aware of. Yeah. We have other obligations with regards to, again, the availability of sites. But we have forecasting of energy export that we send out to these energy suppliers every single week. Notifying them that, you know, for example, next week we're going to have this specific wind turbine or yeah. wind, wind farm is going to be offline for planned maintenance, and we notify them of that so they can actually they can carry out their internal forecasting and they know roughly how much energy they're going to be able to buy from us. Okay. If something happens that's unexpected, and it can happen, a grid trip, for example, can cause the site to go offline. It's our responsibility to notify these people as well, oh, um, okay. and we do that immediately with a you know estimated time frame of how long it's going to take before it can come back online. In addition to that, we also have to monitor the communications to the wind farms. We've got one wind farm that turns 30 years old this year. Right. Right up to a wind turbine that turns about seven or eight years old this year. So it's a big range of age of technologies. And you're trying to monitor these sites that are 25, 30 years old.
0: Yeah.
1: Using your 25, 30 year old technology. And obviously it's not as reliable as the more modern equipment is. Yeah. So there's a lot of constantly checking to make sure that there's nothing coming through. We're not seeing any erroneous data. We do this via, as I say, this second layer scatter system that we have, but we also access the individual wind farm scatter systems, which allows us to see all the information coming from the wind turbines.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. So what is your biggest challenge in your role?
1: Because we have this kind of rolling shift pattern. So my day starts at seven in the morning. Yep. And it can run until nine o'clock at night because it's my job to make sure that everybody is in place yep. and has the, you know, the information and the systems in place for them to be able to carry out their role. And in an ever-changing world of technology, these things can change. Yeah. If something happens on a wind farm, then I have to be notified. We have to make sure that people are in place, people are, know what they're doing. Yep. So generally, my biggest challenge is trying to manage my own time. I've got full confidence in my team. They all know what they're doing. I know yeah. that if I, I can go on holiday and nothing's going to fall apart. Yeah, And that's absolutely fine. But it's me trying to manage my time to make sure that they've got the everything that they need to do their job. Yeah. As I say, you know, I'll wake up in, in the morning, at seven in the morning when they're starting their shift, I'll generally log in to check and make sure that everything's there and there's yep. nothing that's gone wrong overnight that we're not aware of. And then, okay. of course, coming up to the end of the night, my team again, they send, o- send out handovers yep. to each other. And so I'm, I'm able to check them and make sure there's nothing that I'm, I'm not aware of, Yeah. anything that I need to deal with in the morning. So being able to react in the right way to er- an ever-changing scenario.
0: You need to react, but you need to react in a kind of, kind of methodical process driven i assume you're quite process driven you have to be quite process driven we have to be yes yeah yeah
1: but no i mean ever changing ever improving and one of the big things i always try and drive within the team is that it's not just down to me to drive improvement if somebody else comes up with an idea and thinks this could improve life for everybody then tell us we'll So look you're at quite
0: it. open for your team to say you know we do this process and maybe step three and four are practically the same we could amalgamate or we don't need to do step two because of x you're like let's sit down let's have a look let's have a look at that and let's see if, what we can improve and what we can change and
1: absolutely yes if i, I don't think if, if i wasn't open to them making suggestions and driving improvement themselves then we would just be stuck in the rut you know we wouldn't yeah. change even you know the last few days we've made improvements on certain processes just to it's again because it's an ever-changing environment there's things that I've never seen happen before in the last six years that happened in the last five days. So it's learning how to deal with those same challenges, but then also how we can um, build them into our processes to make sure that if it does ever happen again, it's documented, people know what to do.
0: So you mentioned obviously that you've been at Ventian for the last six years, you've been in your role as control centre manager for two years. So how did you move into the world of renewables and into what you did? What was your, what's your journey been so far?
1: So for 11 years previously, I worked in the gas transmission industry,
0: Okay, worked
1: in various roles from customer service to more technical roles. My last role within there was actually site-based. I was a draftsman drawing oh, okay. maps. Oh, wow. All right. That was a really enjoyable role. It was great fun just being outside and actually getting... It was one of the big things, and it's one of the big parts of this role as well, is when you're sat behind a desk looking at your computer, you work in you know the gas industry or the renewable industry, but you don't necessarily... You know, fully necessarily, fully appreciative of what it is that you're doing yeah, and the impact yeah. it has. So, having the opportunity to work on site was a really big bonus for me. But what it also did was it, it kind of drove a couple of things over my head. After eleven years in the gas industry, it was it was time for a bit of a change. Yeah. I had started looking at quite a lot of stuff to do with renewable industry. Okay. And I kind of decided that's the kind of route I wanted to take. Yeah. Wasn't actually entirely sure how I'd get into it, but when I was down in Leeds, um, I actually was checking out and looking for opportunities up in edinburgh and yeah. there was an, um, a role advertised at infinis okay for an operations analyst within the control center yeah so i applied for it got offered an interview so came up for that so that was on the friday i oh sorry that was on the thursday went in on the friday and got off the job and started on the monday
0: excellent and then six years later here you are it's all been downhill <laughs> since yeah <laughs> it's all been great so, and then now you're actually running the team yes it's great so like, you've had a natural kind of like progression up. So what has been your progression up sort of, since you started then? So you started as an...
1: I started off as an operations analyst. Yep. As I say, back then there was 19 wind farms in the portfolio. There was four of us in the team. Then we expanded into up to 34 wind farms yep. and realised that your, your manager realised quite quickly we're going to have to expand the team. Yep. So they hired a few more people based as under the role of operational controller. And then I was offered the role of senior analyst, which is kind of to move into kind of deputise for the control centre manager. Okay. And that was good to assist them with the fact that we had an ever, grand, ever grown team. And it's it's not as easy for one person to manage you know, a no. team that size. And then carried out that role for two years. It's been roughly sort of like two, two and a half years yeah. between roles. And then when previous control centre manager notified that he was leaving, obviously they opened the role up and yeah. it was, seemed natural for me to apply for it.
0: And you applied and
1: got it? I Applied and got it, yes.
0: Great. Very happily. (laughs) And we are happy too about it. What do you think it takes to do your job?
1: A lot of hair because you pull it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a really enjoyable role. Some people kind of think that, oh, you're just answering the phones, it's a call centre. It's really not. I mean, there's a large aspect of it is on the phone talking to technicians. But that's the thing is the fact that you're talking to people on a technical level. So it's really interesting. It's really diverse. So in order to be able to do the job, you have to have an interest in the industry. You have to want to learn. You have to want to.
0: Would you say you'd have to be technical?
1: Absolutely not. No. No. I mean, you know, the first few weeks in my role, when I started, you know, we had two screens and I'm on one screen logging someone on site or transferring control with turbine out. And on the other screens, Google, (laughs) because he's telling me he's replaced this component and that component. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, great.
0: Yeah. What is that?
1: I've got a bit of a technical background tonight, yeah. so that's fine. But we've got people on the team who don't. Yeah. And it's part of their development plan. But they have other strengths that we use. Yeah. For example, a great example is someone in the team we brought in actually came from an emergency dispatch background. Oh, right. Okay. So answering phone calls was never going to be an issue. But at the same time, one of the first things that they picked up was the fact that we have a process in place to deal with emergency situations on site. If anything goes wrong and we have to contact the emergency services, we had this process and it was a list of questions that we'd ask to relay onto the emergency services. And they immediately identified that half the questions weren't really relevant. Oh, right. Okay. And the other thing they identified was that, you know, if you reorder the questions, actually when you relay it onto the emergency services, it makes it a lot easier for them.
0: Tells them what they need to know first.
1: Exactly. And so that's, you know, like the perfect example of someone who hasn't come from an engineering or technical background, has no experience in the wind industry, but has the skills and abilities to sort of like transfer into that. Yeah. And then everything else can be learned as to as they're moving on.
0: Yeah. So you can you can learn that technical aspect on the job but you don't necessarily need it to do it in the first place. A big part then as well of your role as you're you're talking, I mean I know I know you talk i g get, I'm getting the feeling you you were talking about your role as control centre manager, but also we're talking a lot about what the team does and it all feeds into that because you, you kind of you very much kind of operate as one unit because of the way that you hand over and you escalate and then, then there's a lot of procedures. But as as I'm thinking as you're talking a big part of your role, I suppose, as a manager as well, because you've just highlighted there was people who could use going to site and doing what they're doing as part of their development. So you have to think of, obviously, people's... how you're going to develop them into that role and then obviously get them that experience while they're doing the job. Exactly. So that's that's not an easy task in itself.
1: No, no, it's not. It's one of the more difficult aspects, actually. As you say, there's a huge amount of work that goes into what we have to do and yeah. there's a huge amount of things that can go wrong. Yeah, But everybody within the team is obviously... They know what they're doing. I trust them impeccably. So like I know that yeah. if something happens and I'm not available, they'll figure it out. They know what to do. They're not gonna just sit and panic. Yeah. You know, they'll they'll step up and manage the situation. But one of the yeah, the biggest challenges I've had for the team is actually sort of encouraging that that development and making sure they've got the time as well. Yeah. Again, the company is fantastic. the the amount of opportunities they open up for people and the sort of like the online learning courses with via yeah. LinkedIn learning is great. And there's loads of things like that. But yeah, making sure that I can make sure that they can actually use that that training and that experience and then build on it is a really big thing. Because again, as you say, you're constantly looking and making sure, well, if I send this person to that site for two days, am I then leaving the rest of the team short? Yeah. Are they going to struggle? You know, do I have to reschedule that or can we make yeah. do? And I suppose one of the big benefits of having moved up in the the role is I know every single process
0: and procedure, I wrote most of them. I can do that role. Do you still get to go out on site and visit? as much as you'd like to? Is, is that part of your job still to do that? Obviously not as much as I'd like. Yeah. Especially not on weather like this. I know, I know. When it's blazing sun, there's no better place really, yeah. But um,
1: but no, we do get to go out on site. It's one of those problems where, because again, we're working a shift pattern and yeah. it's, it's based on when people are available. Yeah. And then again, we also don't want to impact too much on the work that other people are doing. Yeah. So we want to make sure that if we're going out to a wind farm, we're not going to delay their works. Yeah. And they're happy to have people on with them. But yeah, no, I mean, there's been a few times recently where I've gone to a couple of wind farms just to help out
0: What's the best thing that you like about your job what's the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning
1: it's, it's got to be the range of what you do on yep. any given day as I say it's never changing environment there's always something different happening yeah there's always a new question that's being asked that you've never been asked before yeah so you've always got the opportunity to learn and you've always got the opportunity to make improvements okay which is, you know, for me, that's the best thing about the role is because it, you're not just stuck in a rut. You're not just doing your.
0: You're not doing it because we've always done it this way.
1: Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, you're, you're always changing. Always looking at opportunities. But and it's also the fact that you're know, you're learning so much more as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the opportunity to develop, even if it's not something that you're particularly interested in, but it's it's extra knowledge that you can pass on to somebody else who might be.
0: Would you well, say you're still learning? Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah, I don't think I'll ever stop with this with this role. And um, as I say, there's so much going on, there's so many wheels and cogs and you know, there's so many other parts of the business that we feed into. Yeah. And as you get to know, you know, more and more about what it is that they're doing as well. Yeah. Then it makes you know, all that all that huge difference in sort of like your know, understanding the impact that you have
0: yeah.
1: on sort of like your know, not just the business itself, but the industry as well. Yeah. It's a very small industry. You get to know a lot of people across all the different companies within, you know, all over the world. Yeah. And that's another thing as well as a great part of the role is because you've got that point where you're asking so many questions and trying to learn so much, you get put into contact with lots and lots of different people from lots of different walks of earth. And they've all come into the renewables industry for one reason or another, but generally it's for the same reason. Yeah, And everybody's so open to discussing and talking about everything and sharing information.
0: Looking at different ways you can do things and yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And it's it's through collaboration with external yeah. People that you've met. This is where you see the real changes and everything else coming in. So it, it, that's that's definitely the best part is the fact that you've got so much range and so much opportunity to learn and develop.
0: What's the proudest achievement that you've had since working at Ventium professionally?
1: I think I mean there's been a fair few basically. I mean, oh, you can yeah,
0: yeah as you know, many as you want to go course,
1: through. Doesn't yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not to blow my own trumpet, but yeah, <laughs> I've done so much. Obviously, <laughs> I think like progression-wise, I'm very proud of, sort of like how quickly I've managed to moving to the role I'm in now, yeah. considering I came from an, so like a gas transmission background. I had okay. no experience in wind.
0: Yeah.
1: Very proud of that. But I think one of the proudest things I've actually been able to get involved in is actually quite recently, because within the team, we also carry out, as I say, the availability calculations, but we do yeah. that internally and also on a contractual level. So we own and manage the wind farms, but we contract out the actual service and maintenance. Okay. And so within those service and maintenance contracts, they have an availability guarantee where they say they will guarantee that. This wind farm will have an availability figure of ninety-seven percent, for example, and that yep. means ninety-seven percent of the time it's available to run. Yep. And so we have to go through and we check this on a monthly basis, agree the figures with them, and at the end of the year, there's a level number of calculations that you have to carry out. One for calculating the availability. We've got thirty-four wind farms. Effectively, we've got thirty-four contracts. Wow.
0: Oh, okay. And
1: not all they're not all the same. Some of them are, and all the calculations within them as well. So we have to go through and carry out those calculations. We have to go through and make sure that we're doing it correctly, they're doing it correctly, that we come to an agreement on the figures.
0: Wow. Okay. And
1: then it can That's come with a big task. It's a very big task. Yeah. And it can come with pretty hefty bonus payments or liquidated damages payments right. based on what's what within the agreement. Yeah. Yeah. And recently we had the opportunity to negotiate some new contracts. Existing contracts, just renewing them. And on two wind farms, oh sorry, on four wind farms, and they were going to use an existing contract as the basis, yeah. which is what's called an energy-based contract. Right. So that's not based on the amount of time that the turbine's available to run. Okay. But it's based on the amount of energy it produces. So it of divided by the amount of energy it could have produced. Right. Okay. And what you do is when the turbine's offline, you calculate how much energy it lost as a result and use that in the calculation. It was a very complicated, very convoluted contract. It required systems that had to be purpose built by us to Just do the calculations to, right, okay so it was highlighted then that you know this is we've used this before in a couple of wind farms and it's caused both companies no end of issues because it's so complicated
0: yeah
1: there has to be an easier way and it was agreed that we can look at you know putting together a more standard time-based availability contract right. and i got the chance to sit down and actually write that part of the contract i got to sit down and putting together all the calculations and okay, how it's, okay. how it's going to be done and i was able to put that all together send it off People reviewed it, came back and said that's absolutely fine. They were happy, the external company signed off on it. So we've now got
0: that in place?
1: a couple of contracts on four wind farms in place where I got to write part of that. Yeah. And again, I've never worked in contract management, never worked in that kind of thing before. This is all part of yeah. you know, five years of working in that kind of small part of it. Yeah. And gaining the experience and being able to say, I think I can help with this and actually being given the freedom to do it.
0: And then have it in place and, and actually use it. Yes. Yeah, that's that's a really good that's a really good one. So what advice would you give to anybody who is thinking about developing a career in what you've done and working their way up to control centre manager?
1: Well, it's I suppose if any advice for anybody wants to get into the renewable industry is you just start talking to people. As I've said before, it's a very small industry in comparison to a lot of other ones, and everybody seems very open and very happy to talk to you. Know, you've got avenues like LinkedIn, yeah, which you can use. You can you know, approach people in there. Most people will reply back to you. You know, any questions you've got at you've asked and if they can answer it, they will do. Yeah. But it gives you a good understanding if you want to start moving into... And again, it's it's that initial conversation with people. is finding out what would really interest you. Yeah. So the control center is a fantastic way of getting to like that entry level into the wind industry. Okay. Because you do have so much exposure to every single aspect.
0: Yeah.
1: And... That's why we've seen you know, members of our team leave to move into engineering, yeah. move into asset management. We've seen people. Yeah, there's
0: been a lot of a lot of people who have, have started off in control center and then moved into various aspects of different departments in, in and around Ventian.
1: That's it. yeah. We've got engineers now. We've got project managers, yeah. asset managers, and again, it's not the ideal. But we've seen people leave Ventian, yeah. but they've gone on to progress into other areas of the you know, of the renewable energy industry, yeah. not just the wind, but you know, they've moved onto companies and done, again done similar things, but also moved into completely different roles. Yeah, because they've had that sort of like your base level line of understanding about the whole industry, which yeah. comes from what you do within the control centre. So it is a fantastic position to start off with, especially if you don't have the level of education that most of the other roles will yeah. require. It's not about the experience that you have. It's about sort of like the determination you've got or the yeah. the enthusiasm you have.
0: I think you've given loads and loads of info. It's been really, really informative. Even for me, I've learned some stuff um, about what you do. I always knew what you did but didn't know what you did, if you know what I mean. I mean, that sounds, you know, like an oxymoron. But I know that you, as a department, you're very tight-knit as a team. I think you're probably one of the t- most tight-knitted teams. And the way that you're speaking, we've been talking, you've always mentioned the team. So you, you, it's not just, it's not a, a you and a them. You're always like, we do this, we do this, we work like this. And I know you guys, you... You interface with lots of people, and there's lots of toing and throwing, and you know you work it as a, in a very tight unit. It's, that's very often, you know, when we see it, which is actually quite nice to see, because it's like yeah, I think you are quite good friends as well. So you're like you'll yeah you'll yeah, you get on, which is which is really nice. Definitely learnt lots. I think it's really really interesting. So I'll say thank you so much, Chris, for giving us an insight into what you and what the Control Centre does here at Ventian. Thank you so much.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: I think we can agree that Control Centre at Ventium is not just responsible for the safety of the staff and contractors on our wind farm, but they're also responsible for doing so much more from data reporting, dealing with incidences and creating operating procedures and providing information across the whole team at Ventium. Hopefully Chris's insights on how he got into renewables will be useful for any of you thinking of making the move and him sharing his experiences and explanations of his day-to-day role will give you an idea of what Chris and his team do. If you have any questions on what you have heard, then please get in touch or comment on this podcast or find Ventiant Energy on LinkedIn or Twitter. And of course, if you've enjoyed today's session, then please like, subscribe and spread the word. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again on Climate of Change.